And welcome back, everyone, to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. This is Steve Larchuk, historian, attorney, healthcare advocate, and most importantly, your host. Many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration. That's Pair.com. Learn more at Pair, P-A-I-R.com. If you want to hear calm and clear discussion of healthcare policy, you have come to the right place. Here we dare to be reasonable. And in this day and age, reason is in short supply. So here we, we bend over backwards to try and listen, to appreciate the other point of view, at the same time strenuously advocating our point of view. And we don't pretend to be neutral on a lot of these issues, as you have probably learned over the weeks. Uh, We're carried by radio stations from Massachusetts to California to Florida, 13 states in all. And that is a lot of folks with more stations joining the network every week. Our podcasts are available on iTunes, and we hope you will listen and rate those shows to support our mission. As the Republican Congress continues to twist itself into knots over health care, the party that told America that it had a better plan for health care, better than the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, uh, is uh, demonstrating that they never really did have a plan and still don't. And Senator Toomey of Pennsylvania just over the weekend and then again this morning I said, you know, we just we just didn't think Donald Trump would win. And so, you know, we just weren't ready. You know, it's it's hard sometimes to believe what, what these guys actually say out loud. You wonder if, if they realize that they're being recorded. But in that case, uh, it was a, um, a flub because it was the truth, and that's sort of the definition of a, of a flub in, in the nation's capital. What the Republicans have come up with is a huge tax cut. And they pay for that huge tax cut with massive cuts to Medicaid and slashing the subsidies, which have made privately purchased health care affordable for millions of people. And the fact is that Americans hate the idea, not just dislike it, they hate it. Approval for the Republican plan has polled as low as 12% and rarely rises above 25%, no wonder. Uh, According to the Congressional Budget Office, under the Republican plan, 15 million Americans will lose their Medicaid eligibility almost right away. By the end of 10 years, over 50 million Americans will be without health insurance. Meanwhile, the Republican bill would wipe out nearly all of the consumer protections that Obamacare put in place uh, that stopped the worst of the insurance company abuses. So um, if the Republicans have their way, in addition to throwing millions and millions, tens of millions of people out of their coverage, the insurance companies will be back to the bad old days. And they'll be able to do whatever they want to whoever they want. Yes, Americans hate the idea, and no wonder. But there is a different idea that is rapidly gaining popularity. Its principal advocate is also the most popular elected official in the United States, and that is Senator Bernie Sanders. A senator from the great state of Vermont and the fellow who has not been afraid to get right out front and say Medicare for all is the approach that the United States should be pursuing, just like all of the other industrialized nations of the world. So we're going to spend the rest of the show today getting into the details. Consider this your first day of single-payer boot camp. 
single-payer boot camp. Get ready for some push-ups, some mental gymnastics. What is single-payer? What is Medicare for All? How will it work? How do we pay for it? We're going to cover all of those things. Uh, I am your only guest today because I've been studying this for about 20 years. I've read just about everything there is to read about it. If there were any other method or approach that I thought would work better, I'd be the first one to tell you. So what we're going to do is take a short break, and when we come back, we will roll up our sleeves and get to work. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. One such group is United Electrical Workers Local 150. The union is starting in the workplace, educating employers and co-workers about the Islamic community and offering tips for showing respect to members of the Muslim faith. UE President Nathan Atmayo says it's a natural fit for a union that already champions workplace rights and social justice issues for public service workers. It's just opening up and educating people that there's more than one path enlightenment and that whatever path you choose, if that makes you a better person and that helps you do what you see is right, then that's all the better. Recently, the anti-Muslim group Act for America organized a nationwide protest against Muslim people, and Mayo's union is one group that took part in a counter-protest in Raleigh. They're asking that, in addition to helping curb violence, North Carolinians take steps to better understand the Islamic culture. This is Stephanie Carson reporting. And welcome back to Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And this week, suck it up, get ready, flex those muscles. This is Single Payer Boot Camp. Now let's get started with this. Benjamin Franklin said, politics is the art of the possible. Which, of course, is a great excuse for people who do not have the courage to fight for change. Because you can say, well... Uh, I am uh, just quoting Dr. Franklin, you know, it's, it's so hard that it's not possible, and therefore, since politics is the art of the possible, I don't have to really break a sweat because it's so too hard, too hard. Just what? Well, you know, Dr. Franklin, we all love you, but um, you're wrong. In the United States, politics is the art of the necessary. It, is, it was necessary to end slavery. It was necessary to extend the vote to women. It was necessary to end segregation. It was necessary to allow labor to organize. It was necessary to stop child labor. It was necessary to create Social Security, and it was necessary to recognize the right to privacy, and that included that it was necessary to recognize the right of same-sex couples to civil marriage. That was all necessary and politics was the art of the necessary and with regard to health care which is why we're all here it was necessary to care for our wounded veterans and so came the VA hospital system it was necessary to assure that health care for elders was available and so came Medicare and it was necessary to assure that health care for the poor was available and so came Medicare Medicaid excuse me Medicaid it was necessary to assure health care for children. And so came the CHIP program, Children's Health Insurance Program, CHIP. It was necessary to help elders who had exhausted their savings 
and to help them pay for long-term care. And so Medicaid was expanded to include long-term care assistance, which of course is in jeopardy at this time. It was necessary to help elders pay for their drugs, and so Medicare Part D was passed. It was necessary to stop insurance company abuses, and so the Patient Protection Act was passed. It was necessary to expand health care to working people too young for Medicare and earning too much to qualify for Medicaid, and so the Affordable Care Act was passed. And together, the Patient Protection Act and the Affordable Care Act has been called Obamacare. And despite all of its flaws and the overwhelming problems that it has had in some locations, by and large, the American people would rather have us fix Obamacare than to repeal it and go back to the way things were in the bad old days. And they agree, the, United, the American people in all parts of the country generally agree that a government-run system is really the only way to go. And according to the Pew Research surveys that are only a couple of weeks old, one in three Americans are convinced that a Medicare for all approach is what we need. Now that's one out of three Americans are ready. They're ready to go, Senator Sanders. You've got their attention. And that number has increased by 5% just since January. So that's that's close to 1% a month in I guess that shouldn't be a surprise as we watch the Republicans twist and turn and prove that you know, all the time that they said they had a better idea, they were just, well, they didn't. So what we really need is to take the next necessary step. And for us, that is a single-payer system that covers all Americans. And a very useful example of such a plan is already in the works in California. Uh, we've covered this in the show. It's, it's called Healthy California. It's a single-payer plan that is working its way through the California legislature. And we're going to use that plan as a template for boot camp, for a single-payer boot camp. And we're going to be able to use the economic analysis that has already been done of that plan to discuss what we can do nationally. So instead of calling it Healthy California, we're going to call it Healthy America. And that is going to be a great uh, exercise for us. And so let's move into it. Here we go. How does it work? Well, let's start with this. It's Medicare for all, which is to say it covers everybody. How are we going to pay for it? We'll get into that. What are the objections to it? We're going to get into that as well. But let's start with the simple, important part, and that is, who is covered? Everyone is automatically covered, every single person. It, and it doesn't matter if you're employed, unemployed, everybody's covered. And your employer isn't responsible for making sure you're covered and collecting some share of premiums from you. Rather, you are covered under the Healthy America plan just because you are an American and you get a card just like you get a social security card, maybe even the same card. And everybody will have access to all of the essential benefits that we currently have under Obamacare. Add in dental care and vision care. That's what they're doing in California with Healthy California. Add dental care, add vision care. 
everyone is free to go to any hospital and see any doctor. They have complete freedom of choice. Now, you hear all the time how the Republicans in Congress say, oh, we can't have a government system because it'll take away your choice. Well, I don't understand that because that suggests that absent some sort of government program like Medicare for All, that you would have complete freedom to do whatever you wanted in the world. And of course, if you're dependent upon your employer for your health care, that's not true. You get whatever the employer decided you should have. And if you are getting your insurance through an insurance company, you are not free because you're going to get whatever the insurance company decides you're going to get from whoever they decide you can go to to get it. So all of these statements by uh, the right wing, the extreme Republicans in Congress, that they're trying to protect your freedom, you know, they, they, they say that because they know there's nobody in the room to call them on it. And if you're in that room, this is part of uh, single-payer boot camp, if you're in that room, you've got to call them on it and say, you know, uh, a congressman or congresswoman or senator, you know, I just don't uh, follow that. You, you say that you want a patient-centered health care system, but then you tell me I have to be completely dependent upon some insurance company to do what's right and wrong? How is that patient-centered? If the insurance company is, is in charge, it sounds to me like that is insurance company-centered, not patient-centered. The California Healthy Plan, and we're going to call it the American Healthy, Healthy American Plan, would have no premiums, no co-pays, no deductibles, no caps. Now, that's... That's incredible, isn't it? Because, you know, we had this long campaign last year, and, and the winner has said, or said throughout the campaign and has said since that he wants a beautiful health care system that covers everybody for a fraction of what we're paying now. Well, you know, maybe we want the same thing. Just imagine what it would mean to you and your family, your parents, your neighbors, your coworkers, your customers if uh, you had a system like this. As an employer, just imagine what it would mean for your budgeting and your ability to compete internationally and your ability to hire uh, people knowing that you will not have to pay for their health insurance. And you wouldn't have to worry about hiring women because they're not going to pump up the cost of your health insurance. You wouldn't have to worry about hiring older people because they wouldn't pump up your health insurance costs. So what we're talking about is a system that's tremendously better than what we have, and we're going to keep on plowing into this because the president was right when he said it is complicated, but you know we can handle it. If you can understand the infield fly rule and the rules of football, you can get this. So we're going to take a break. Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. We'll be right back.
We are the BCTGM, the union representing bakery workers. We have been joining forces with our members and thousands of community partners across America to end corporate exploitation of workers across the globe. Our campaign has its roots with the Mondelez Nabisco's firing of 600 workers at its Chicago bakery and replacing them with workers earning poverty wages in Mexico. College and university student activists have reached out to our global campaign and the BCTGM is proud to welcome the more than 20 million students across America as partners in defeating this greed-based business model. Student voices have changed the world and these future community and national leaders will add energy and heightened spirit to the BCTGM's consumer boycott of Mexican-made Nabisco products. Join the fight. Help change the world. Invite the Nabisco 600 team to your campus by visiting fightforamericanjobs.org. Follow us on Facebook at Nabisco 600 BCTGM Local 300. Hey, Russell Wilson here, and I know how important exercise is. It's essential. It's essential. With Play 60, United Way and the NFL are helping kids stay active and play at least 60 minutes a day. Healthy kids. Healthy kids. But what this place needs is you. To donate or volunteer, go to unitedway.org slash play60, because great things happen when we live united. Donate, donate. Are you guys going to do that every time? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 66, works with builders and contractors to build a better community. Local 66's tradesmen and women have received the specialty training needed to meet the complex challenges of any project, making them the most capable workforce in the region. From schools, highways, and pipeline projects to casinos and arenas, the operating engineers build any job, large or small. For over 100 years, Local 66 has provided superior service that our community can count on. They are your one-stop resource for qualified and productive operating engineers and heavy equipment mechanics. To learn more about the benefits of organized labor and more information about the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 66, go to www.iuoe66.org. That's www.iuoe66.org. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion? After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Cell phones? May not work. Emergency water? Not a drop. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated. The library! On Jones House. The bus stop. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Great. It sounds like we don't have a plan. Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
And we are back, Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And this week, we are doing single-payer boot camp. What that means is we are diving into the whole concept of single-payer, which one-third of your fellow Americans, one out of three, say is the best way we should be going. Uh, over 60% are perfectly comfortable with a government-run healthcare care uh, payment system. And we're getting into the details by using the Healthy California program, which is pending in the legislature of California. And for all of you fact-checkers out there, uh, the Healthy California plan did pass the Senate uh, rather handily in the California legislature. So they sent it over to the, the House side, and the uh, leaders on the House side, although they're Democrats, they're sitting on it. Uh, it's not being pushed through. Uh, part of the reason is, quite simply, because they don't know what's happening in Congress. In part of the Healthy California or a Healthy America plan, but certainly the Healthy California plan, is dependent upon what can be expected from the federal government in terms of financial support. Until you know that, you're, you're left somewhat guessing. So although they're trying to push a, a plan forward and they'll, they'll fill in the details once they know the details, for the moment, at least in California, it's, it's in somewhat of a holding pattern. Just the way universal health care and Medicare for all is in a bit of a holding pattern in Washington, D.C., as we discussed in the last segment, the most popular politician in the United States is Senator Bernie Sanders, who would tell everybody who would listen last year that he was for Medicare for All. He, he pushed it hard. Huge crowds across the country. And, you know, I went up to the Donald Trump 100-day rally, in other words, the celebration of his first 100 days in office, and I interviewed 26 people standing in that line, and we actually played 10 of those interviews on this, this show. But the important thing for this, this segment of our show is to understand that most of those people, just about all of them, as a matter of fact, were indistinguishable in what they wanted from the liberals, from the, the Bernie Sanders folks. What they wanted was a health care system they could count on and that worked for them, and that worked for their families. And right now, the Republicans seem to think that if they can just tell us that free market competition among health insurance companies will lower the cost of insurance through some magic that no one's ever explained and has never worked before, but the, the Republicans in Congress seem to want us all to buy into that nonsense, what, what they point to as their proof is they say, hey, that Congressional Budget Office report that said that we were going to throw 20-some million people off of health care, it also said that 10 years from now, health insurance would cost 30% less than it otherwise would have cost. In other words, the increase would be less 10 years from now by about 30%. And they say, see, there it is. And, of course, your, your jaw's probably dropping on the floor and you're saying, but wait a minute. You could cut the, the cost of health insurance by 30% today. Just cut it from where it is today, and I still couldn't afford it. The vast majority of people who have health insurance in this country find that it's a burden to pay the co-pays and deductibles. If your employer's providing your health insurance, you can't, 
you 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 can't even afford that because of the copays and deductibles. I had somebody recently tell me a um, a millennial, somebody in her mid twenties, that she is afraid to go to her physician because she has a fifteen hundred deductible. Her insurance is paid for by her employer. But the 1500 deductible is a burden for her. Every cent she makes is tied up in staying alive, as Archie Bunker used to say. And that's common. Throughout the country, whether you're standing in line talking to, to Donald Trump supporters in Harrisburg or you're standing in front of a congressman's office talking to people who are trying to get in for a town hall and who are really angry about health care, it's the same story. What they want is a system that works. They really don't care about all of the political nonsense. And when I say political nonsense, try this one on for size. In Texas and Florida, they could have expanded their Medicaid rolls by hundreds of thousands, combined about a million people. And it would have cost the governments there nothing. That was the Affordable Care Act, Medicaid expansion. It was originally expected that every state would expand Medicaid. As a matter of fact, the law said that you had to, that every state was required to expand their Medicaid. And 100% of that during the first three years would be paid by the federal government. And at the end of three years, 90% would still be paid by the federal government. Well, you know, the people that were against the Affordable Care Act, they just were up in arms about that. And they went into court and they said, it's not fair to tell the states that you have to take free money. It's just not fair. And it's not fair to say you have to use that free money to ensure people who don't have any access to health insurance by the millions. It's just not fair. And you know what's crazier still is the people in Texas, which did not expand Medicaid, and Florida, which did not expand Medicaid, and a dozen other states, they're paying for it anyway because the, the increased taxes that were passed so that the Affordable Care Act would be revenue neutral, in other words, it, would be, it wouldn't add to the deficit, well, those people in Texas are paying those taxes, and the people in Florida are paying those taxes, and in the other dozen states that didn't expand the Medicaid, they're paying those taxes, but they just decided they're not going to take any of the money back. And what's so incredible about that, and the reason I'm dwelling on it is because it tells you a little bit about the mindset of the people in Congress right now who are running things, the Republican majority, because you don't want to say how, that they're cruel. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just too glib. It's too easy to say they're bad people. But, you know, there's something weird going on because in states that are run by Republican governors and legislatures and haven't adopted the Medicaid expansion, the result of that is that their people are paying the tax anyway, but they, the hundreds of thousands of people that could have had access to health care don't have it because the Republican legislatures in those states and their governors just didn't want to go along with anything that had Obama's name on it. Now, you can, you can try and explain that till the cows come home. But try to explain this. You've got kids and 
working people who don't have access to insurance because of politics. And you know, you can fight about politics all you want, but there's no straight-faced, honest, good-faith way to explain that. It makes no sense whatsoever. But that's what's happening in in Washington, D.C. And that was a little bit of a detour because you have to, we're going to talk a little bit later about why would people be against Medicare for all. And it, it makes you wonder. It makes you scratch your head. But they are. And we're going to get over that. And the way we're going to get over it is through conversations like this. We're talking about a plan based on the California model. It's going to be Healthy America. As we discussed in the last segment, it covers everyone with no premiums. How's that for affordable, Donald Trump? Is that affordable enough for you? Zero? Zero premiums? Zero deductibles. I mentioned just a moment ago, one-third of Americans who have an insurance card in their wallet don't use it because they can't afford the co-pays and deductibles. One out of three. And that's just getting worse. You know, a couple of years from now, five years from now, it could be a whole lot more. So a health care for all program, Medicare for all, universal health care, call it what you want, that's the only logical way to go here. And we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of how much it's going to cost because that's where the rubber meets the road. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about that. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. You're listening to Win Workers Independent News, a diversified media enterprises production. I'm Doug Cunningham. The Communications Workers of America say they're working on next steps following the rejection of a proposed AT&T contract by 17,000 CWA workers in California and Nevada. 53% of the workers voting voted against the tentative proposed labor contract. The contract would have raised health care costs for CWA AT&T workers in the company's wired phone, internet, and direct TV businesses. AT&T and CWA are also still trying to reach a new labor agreement for 21,000 AT&T CWA wireless workers in 36 states. Will Empower is a new project launching in September to empower the rise of women into labor movement leadership positions. Despite their numbers in labor union ranks, women are projected to be the majority of union members by 2023. Just 20% of the AFL-CIO Executive Council are women. The Berger Marx Foundation is dissolving this year, and the foundation is transferring its $1.5 million in assets to the project Will Empower. It's a joint project of Rutgers University and Georgetown University. The leadership team includes women with decades of experience in the labor movement. Dr. Sherry Davis Faulkner of Rutgers Center for Innovation and Worker Organization is one of the leaders of Will Empower. Speaking on the Washington, D.C. AFL-CIO Council's Arise radio program, Davis Faulkner describes what Will Empower aims to do. I think the thing that's really important about Will Empower is that we're we're looking at multiple different strategies for being able to bring um, dynamic women uh, more into the labor movement and to create pathways 
for them to be able to see various types of leadership. Davis Faulkner says Will Empower will assist and support the new generation of women labor movement leaders. We know that there are so many young women who are who have been activated um, over the last couple of years through different movements. Um, we want to make sure that they're paying close attention to the labor movement and that they're seeing this as an opportunity for them to do concrete things to change the lives of themselves, their families, their communities. The American Federation of Teachers applauds the 18 state attorneys general who are suing Education Secretary Betsy DeVos over her decision to delay regulations that protect student loan borrowers. The AFT says, quote, the federal government has a moral and legal obligation to act as a watchdog to protect students from ripoff artists and frauds, but Betsy DeVos and this administration continue to side with predatory for-profit schools over students being defrauded, end quote. The AFT wants protections against predatory lending for student borrowers. WIN is made possible in part by the OPEIU, the Office and Professional Employees International Union. You've been listening to WIN, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit workersindependentnews.com. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And single payer is what it's called, and you are back with Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. And this week, it is Single Payer Boot Camp. Many thanks to our national underwriter, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration. Learn more at Pair.com. That's P-A-I-R.com. And this week, oh my, oh my, this week we are a single payer boot camp because... All of you out there who are going to these uh, summer picnics and all the rest, sooner or later, healthcare is going to come up. And there are people out there who don't understand what we're talking about when we say Medicare for all. They just don't get it. If you say single payer, then their eyes really glaze over. But this is too important for uh, the vast majority of Americans to just assume that Congress is going to get it right because they are doing everything in their power to get it wrong and get it wrong in a catastrophic way. Now, once you've listened to this program this week, you're going to be considerably better armed for those uh, picnic discussions without uh, throwing any chairs or hitting anybody. You'll have the facts. Now, this week what we're doing is we're using the plan that's working its way through the California legislature as our model, and that's called the Healthy California Plan, and it's it passed the Senate out there, and it's working its way through the rest, and they're they're having a lot of arguments about it, as you can imagine, but they're doing all the heavy lifting. They're trying to have an intelligent discussion about how to make a single-payer universal health care plan work. And we are envisioning the same program for the whole country. 
So we're calling it Healthy America. And in the previous segments today, uh, we reviewed who is covered. Now, in a word, everyone. And we discussed what was covered. And in a word, everything. Everything that is typically included in the essential benefits under the Obamacare plan, that would be included in the Healthy America plan. And we discussed how much individuals would have to pay for premiums, co-pays, and deductibles, and in a word, nothing. So I know what you're thinking. You're saying, oh, come on, this is too good to be true. We can't do this. You know, and if you're one of the extreme Republicans in Congress, you're thinking, but where's the suffering? How can we have a health care plan without leaving 50 million people uninsured and, and bankrupt? I mean, are we allowed to do that? Are we actually allowed to cover everybody? I mean, because that's not what we've been telling people. Uh, so it's really, you know, it's tough for those guys and, and a few women. What kind of system, they're thinking, can we possibly have where everybody's covered? And, wh- and what about in the private insurance companies? What are we going to say to our buddies in the private insurance companies who write the big contribution checks and who are making tens of millions of dollars a year as CEO of insurance companies, you know, what are we going to say to those guys when we say, you know, we just, you know, it's not working for us anymore. And by the way, you know, I I took a jab there at the people who run these big private insurance companies. And, you know, the standard business response when you criticize how much money executives get is, well, you have to pay for talent. Well, you know, Take a guess how much the person is paid who runs the Medicare system in the United States. That's a pretty big, pretty big thing. You know, 50-some million uh, of the sickest of the sick, you know, when you get over 65, I can tell you I'm not there yet, but I'm working on it, and things start to break. And so the person who runs the Medicare system is paid the whopping sum of about $200,000 a year. So... Yeah, that that whole, you know, you got to pay somebody $10 million a year or else you can't get any talent, that's absurd. Be that as it may. Using the economic study of the Healthy, Healthy California program and applying it to Healthy America, what we find is that most of the money we need to pay for it is already there. What, the, the problem is that we have the most incredibly inefficient health care insurance system you can imagine. If you went out to design a, an incredibly inefficient and wasteful system, you would have what we have now. And so one of the things that the economists who studied the Healthy California Plan said it, is there is about 18% in savings available just because of the efficiency of having a single-payer system. In other words, instead of having scores or hundreds of different insurance companies with different rules all trying to avoid paying, if you just had one big pot, sort of like a a giant Medicare for all, you'd save about 18%. And those savings provide much of the money that is needed to cover the people who are currently uninsured and to make it unnecessary to have co-pays and deductibles and all that. But we need more. That wouldn't be enough. So what this particular group of economists recommended was that we adopt, and you can do, there's all sorts of ways to to do this, but their suggestion was a two-prong approach. First, a 2.3% sales tax 
and a 2.3% gross receipts tax on business. Now on the sales tax, and I, I, can, I can hear the screaming already, sales tax, oh no, it's, uh, it's not progressive, it'll hurt the poor, just take a breath. If, if we had a 2.3% sales tax, and it did not cover the essentials like food and clothing, things like that, a, a typical family that has a gross income, let's call it $50,000, the sales tax would apply to about half of their expenditures, maybe. So figure about $100 per month in, in tax. Can, can you live with that? Can you, can you live with 100 bucks a month added tax? I can I can assure you that's going to be way less than most of us pay in premiums. Even if you're employed and your employer provides health care, usually you have to chip in for it. If you don't have to chip in for it for yourself, you typically have to chip in for your spouse or your kids. And it it's rare that it only costs you 100 bucks a month. And then you've got the co-pays and deductibles and all that. It adds up. It's going to be way more than 100 bucks a month. On the gross receipts tax, 2.3%, uh, the proposal for Healthy California was that it wouldn't apply to the first $2 million in gross receipts. In other words, for most small businesses, it would not even kick in. And as you, got, you talk about larger businesses, well, then it does. But even then, most businesses, even large businesses, would pay less in the gross receipts tax than they're paying for health insurance premiums. They would no longer have to deal with insurance companies every year because they wouldn't be in the group health insurance business anymore, and most companies don't want to be. And just just imagine uh, how that will improve the economy when businesses can use that money to grow their businesses and compete more effectively internationally with those international businesses that are headquartered in companies that have this kind of a system already. So, okay, take a deep breath. We're going to come back on the other side of the break, and we're going to play devil's advocate. In other words, what can opponents of Healthy America say about all of this? Don't go away. We're about to get into the fun part. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk, and we're going to be back with all the tough questions. So stand by. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. And we're back with Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk, and this week it is Single Payer Boot Camp. 
We've been talking about a vision for American health care based on what is pending in California, the California, the Healthy California program, which we are suggesting would make a really good Healthy America program. And we talked about what would be included in such a plan, and the answer is everything you would possibly need, plus we'll throw in dental and vision uh, just uh, as a sweetener. How much would it cost? It would. We could forget about the traditional way of paying for things with premiums and co-pays and deductibles. Just forget that. Uh, instead, we would pay for it through a general taxing authority of the United States, like we pay for a lot of other stuff, like the military and roads and, and Donald Trump's salary and things like that. So in this segment, we're going to talk about what would the naysayers say. In other words, the people that don't want to have all Americans covered uh, and in a fair and just way, what is their beef? What is the problem? And so we're going to tick off some of their uh, their greatest hits. First, the typical thing you will hear is, oh, that's socialized medicine. Well, it's not socialized medicine. Socialized medicine is when the government owns the hospitals and employs all the doctors, and that is something even I don't want, okay? So it's not socialized medicine, and every time I hear somebody say that, the first thing that comes to my mind is clueless. The person is clueless. They don't know what they're talking about, and they heard that somewhere, and they it's always been a, uh, a tool where they can stop the conversation because they can say, ah, that's socialized medicine, and everybody shuts up because they don't have the tools they need to fight back. If you've been listening to this program and you listen to future shows, you'll be ready. That's what single-payer boot camp is all about. Another classic uh, greatest hits is, ah, the government can't do anything right. Well, actually, you know, Medicare is a government program, and the approval uh, rating on Medicare is over 70%. Uh, you know, you guys in Congress, your approval rating sort of runs between 10 and 20 percent. So I, I don't think I'd throw any stones, frankly, if I were in that particular box. Uh, our president's uh, rating is somewhere between 30 and 40 percent. So 70 percent sounds pretty darn good. And by the way, Medicare can provide coverage to 50 million elders, the sickest of the sick, and it does it with about a 3 to 4 percent overhead whereas most commercial insurance companies need about 20%. And so, you know, that doesn't compute. Here's another one. When people get something for nothing, they waste it. Well, okay, healthcare is a little different. Healthcare is not a uh, discretionary purchase. In other words, you don't go get healthcare because it's fun. You know, go to the beach, go to the doctor, go to the mall, go get my teeth extracted you know people don't go to get health care because it's enjoyable and if, if, if you are going because it's enjoyable you have a different problem you got a mental health problem but by and large people go because they have to so there's already sort of a gatekeeping function already just built into the system plus you have to drag yourself there you have to use the gas you have to take off time from work you have to sit in the waiting room look there's people aren't going to go use the health care because they can't Uh, You can sometimes hear people say, other naysayers will say, oh, it's just another government giveaway. People should earn what they have. And what really cracks me up about that one is it usually comes out of the mouth of somebody who's over 65 and already has Medicare or somebody who's working for the government and 
is getting taxpayer paid health insurance you know like all the people in congress you know they all they 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 have this incredible uh, holier than thou attitude oftentimes we don't ask people whether they're uh, worthy when they want to use the roads i mean there's all sorts of public services uh, that we have that that where we don't make people feel guilty because they actually use it uh, here's another one uh, the country will go bankrupt everybody knows medicare is failing already well in fact it's not failing already uh, one of the problems with medicare is and you know this in your own family you get people who aren't insured and they get to be like 60 61 and they just they don't want to buy insurance because it's expensive they don't want to see the doctors or go to the hospital because they know Medicare is coming up. I'll wait till I'm 65. So what you end up with is it's like buying a house that nobody took care of for five or 10 years. And then you get all this deferred maintenance. You've got people coming into the Medicare system who have had no care. And so, of course, it costs more. And by the way, it would cost a lot less if Medicare was allowed to negotiate for drug prices for reasons past understanding the, the biggest buyer of drugs in the world, which is the United States Medicare system, has is prohibited by law from actually negotiating for better prices. So, uh, you know, that doesn't compute either. Uh, another objection is it will be too jarring to the economy to make such a change. Well, it's pretty jarring right now to have all these insurance companies not knowing what's going on, to have uh, with millions and mil millions of people who are uninsured or effectively uninsured because they can't afford the copays and deductibles. There's all kinds of, you know, to use Donald Trump's word from his inauguration, there's all kinds of carnage out there. And he's doing nothing about it. And it's about to get worse if Congress goes through with this bill that they're talking about and that he, he'll sign anything they put in front of him because he's so desperate to sign a health care repeal of Obamacare. So it's 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 already pretty bad and what we've just described through this show can be phased in if we really feel that that's the way we need to do it uh, here's one here's one one of the things the naysayers say and what what bothers me is it's very often the progressives who say this one they'll say they will never let it happen they will never let it happen well who's who's this they we're talking about if they are the people that control things in this country, well, that's supposed to be us. And if you didn't show up at the polls last November, then, frankly, you're part of the problem. You know, I don't care who you would have voted for, but you got to show up. And if and what's happened, what you're seeing right now is the pressure from people going to town halls, uh, protesting, that is being felt by Washington, which is why the Affordable Care Act hasn't already been repealed. So, so there you go. Uh, that, my friends, is single-payer boot camp. Politics is the art of the necessary. We started the show by talking about Ben Franklin saying that politics is the art of the possible. Well, it is the art of the necessary, and, and it, it doesn't matter where you are in the United States or what your situation is with health care. If you aren't nervous or outright panicked, then you just aren't paying attention. Because even if you think you're in a cushy situation, you've got a good job, your health care is provided by your employer, that can all go away with the wave of, of some 
a hard-nosed Republican congressman's hand. And if you think you're immune, you're not. And even if you were, your parents aren't, your, your grandparents aren't, your neighbors aren't, the people who are working two or three jobs to try and make ends meet, they aren't immune. And if you believe that this country is built on the philosophy of we're all in this together, then that's what you need to do. You need to start thinking about a broader solution that works for everybody. So that is your first week of single-payer boot camp. We're going to take a break and end up with just a few parting messages. So be back in just a moment. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait, communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow, right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow, but shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait, communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Hi, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. It had this phone number on it, and, well, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, and I'd be happy to drop it off. We'd do anything for kids, yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger. Contact Food Bank of West Central Texas. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. 
When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. And we are back with Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk, wrapping up our single-payer boot camp episode this week. Many thanks to our national sponsor, Pair Networks, world-class web hosting and domain name registration. More information is available at pair.com. That's P-A-I-R.com. Please visit our website at healthcare-politics.com. We are on iTunes. Please listen to our, our podcast and rate it for us. We're on Facebook. You can listen to all of our past shows. Our music is courtesy of Mike Stout. Our booker is Dr. Ann McGeary Engineering, and technical support is provided by TUE Media. Please remember the words of Martin Luther King Jr. Of all forms of injustice, inequality in health care is the most shocking and inhumane. We're going to finish the show with sort of a long play of Mike Stout's theme music to our show. The name of that song, by the way, is Healthcare is a Human Right. And this show believes that. So we're going to go out with that music. And until next week, stay healthy, my friends. This is Healthcare Politics with Steve Larchuk. Get the problem solved Soaring costs and less access Is where we evolve From infant mortality To our lifespan We're 37th in the world I think we need a better plan Money hungry insured Pharmaceutical greed Outrageous co-pays for the meds we need in the richest nation we got on this earth Your health ain't a right What are all the other ones worth? Yeah It ain't no Bolshevik medicine or socialist plan Just a simple way to cover every woman and man We all put a little 